Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. I know you'll find this hard to believe, but the theme of the second coming of Jesus dominates 2 Thessalonians, just as it dominated 1 Thessalonians. Today we read that, plus uh, even more of the soap opera in the Davidic kingdom. (laughs) Hey, hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, the part of our journey together where we make a commitment to reading through every word of God's revelation of himself, Monday through Saturday, and considering our own life and work stories in light of that. Today, my friends, we're just going to dive in and read the entirety of Second Thessalonians, because it's not very long, and frankly, you know me, I love just having the whole thing hang together. Second Thessalonians. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, since your faith is flourishing and the love each one of you has for one another is increasing. Therefore we ourselves boast about you among God's churches, about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and afflictions that you are enduring. It is clear evidence of God's righteous judgment that you will be counted worthy of God's kingdom, for which you are also suffering, since it is just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted along with us. This will take place at the revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven with his powerful angels when he takes vengeance with flaming fire on those who don't know God and on those who don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will pay the penalty of eternal destruction from the Lord's presence and from his glorious strength on that day when he comes to be glorified by his saints and to be marveled at by all those who have believed because our testimony among you was believed. In view of this, we always pray for you that our God will make you worthy of his calling and by his power fulfill your every desire to do good and your work produced by faith, so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified by you and you by him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset or troubled either by a prophecy or by a message or by a letter supposedly from us alleging that the day of the Lord has come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's temple, proclaiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember that when I was still with you, I used to tell you about this? And you know what currently restrains him, so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. 
but the one now restraining will do so until he come he is out of the way and then the lawless one will be revealed the lord jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming the coming of the lawless one is based on satan's working with every kind of miracle both signs and wonders serving the lie and with every wicked deception among those who are perishing they perish because they did not accept the love of the truth and so be saved for this reason god sends them a strong delusion so that they will believe the lie so that all will be condemned those who did not believe the truth but delighted in unrighteousness. I'm going to pause right there. Remember that being consistent among in Pauline theology, so to speak, it says, for this reason, God sends them a strong delusion. Remember Romans chapter one in three places says, God gave them over, right? He let them believe whatever, say, yo, you want to go that direction? I'll let you go instead of restraining you. Okay. Continuing, but we ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because from the beginning God has chosen you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel so that you might obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold to the traditions you were taught, whether by what we said or what we wrote. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal encouragement and good hope by grace, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good work and word. In addition, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen in you and guard you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will continue to do what we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to God's love and Christ's endurance. Now we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from every brother or sister who is idle and does not live according to the tradition received from us. For you yourselves know how you should imitate us. We were not idle among you. We did not eat anyone's food free of charge. Instead, we labored and toiled, working night and day, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. It is not that we don't have the right to support but we did it to make ourselves an example to you so that you would imitate us. In fact, when we were with you, this is what we commanded you. If anyone isn't willing to work, he should not eat. For we hear that there are some among you who are idle. They are not busy, but busy bodies. Now we command and exhort such people by the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and provide for themselves. But as for you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take note of that person. Don't associate with him so that he may be ashamed. Yet don't consider him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace always, in every way. The Lord be with you all. 
I, Paul, am writing this greeting with my own hand, which is an authenticating mark in every letter. This is how I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And that is three chapters of Second Thessalonians, and I'm not sure that was the best read. There are some long sentences there, typical for Paul. Turning back to our Old Testament reading, however, today we pick up in 2 Samuel 15. Remember, um, Absalom is now back in, I don't quite quite want to call it the good graces of, of David, but you'll recall that he finally, after several years, gets face to face with David, wonders if he's going to die, but pays David homage, and then the king kissed Absalom. Now, chapter 15. After this, Absalom got himself a chariot, horses, and 50 men to run before him. He would get up early and stand beside the road leading to the city gate. And whenever anyone had a grievance to bring before the king for settlement, Absalom called out to him and asked, What city are you from? If he replied, Your servant is from one of the tribes of Israel. Absalom said to him, Look, your claims are good and right, but the king does not have anyone to listen to you. He added, and then he would add, If only someone would appoint me judge in the land, then anyone who had a grievance or dispute could come to me, and I would make sure he received justice. When a person approached to pay homage to him, Absalom reached out his hand, took hold of him, and kissed him. Absalom did this to all the Israelites who came to the king for a settlement. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. When four years had passed, Absalom said to the king, Please let me go to Hebron to fulfill a vow I made to the Lord. For your servant made a vow when I lived in Geshur of Aram, saying, If the Lord really brings me back to Jerusalem, I will worship the Lord in Hebron. Go in peace, the king said to him. So, he went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent agents throughout the tribes of Israel with this message. When you hear the sound of the ram's horn, you are to say, Absalom has become king in Hebron. Two hundred men from Jerusalem went with Absalom. They had been invited and were going innocently, for they did not know the whole situation. While he was offering the sacrifices, Absalom sent for David's advisor, Ahithophel, the Gilanite, from his city of Gilo. So the conspiracy grew strong, and the people supporting Absalom continued to increase. Then an informer came to David and reported, The hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. David said to all the servants with him in Jerusalem, Get up, we have to flee, or we will not escape from Absalom. Leave quickly, or he will overtake us quickly. Heap disaster on us and strike the city with the edge of the sword. The king's servants said to the king, Whatever my lord the king decides, we are your servants. Then the king set out, and his entire household followed him, but he left behind ten concubines to take care of the palace. So the king set out, and all the people followed him. They stopped at the last house while all his servants marched past him. Then all the Cherethites, the Pelethites, and the people of Gath, six hundred men who came with him from there, marched past the king. The king said to Ittai of Gath, Why are you also going with us? Go back and stay with the new king, since you're both a foreigner and an exile from your homeland. 
Besides, you only arrived yesterday. Should I make you wander around with us today while I go wherever I can? Go back and take your brothers with you. May the Lord show you kindness and faithfulness. But in response, Ittai vowed to the king, As the Lord lives and my Lord the king lives, wherever my Lord the king is, whether it means life or death, your servant will be there. March on, David replied to Ittai. So Ittai of Gath marched past with all his men and the dependents who were with him. Everyone in the countryside was weeping loudly while all the people were marching out of the city. As the king was crossing the Kidron Valley, all the people were marching past on the road that leads to the wilderness. Zadok was also there, and, and all the Levites with him were carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God. They set the Ark of God down, and Abiathar offered sacrifices until the people finished marching past. Then the king instructed Zadok, Return the Ark of God to the city. If I find favor with the Lord, he will bring me back and allow me to see both it and its dwelling place. However, if he should say, I do not delight in you, then here I am. He can do with me whatever he pleases. The king also said to the priest Zadok, Look, return to the city in peace, and your two sons with you, your son Ahamaz and Abiathar's son Jonathan. Remember, I'll wait at the fords of the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. So Zadok and Abiathar returned the ark of God to Jerusalem and stayed there. Now David was climbing the slope of the Mount of Olives, weeping as he ascended. His head was covered, and he was walking barefoot. All of the people with him covered their heads and went up, weeping as they ascended. Pause. I don't know why I never noticed this, or if I did, I forgot it. David's climbing the Mount of Olives, right? Do you remember when Jesus went to pray, like right before he was crucified and like the disciples went with him and, you know, he went on a, a little bit away from them and they fell asleep and all that, right? And he's, he's like, Lord, uh, if it's your will, I'll do it, but you know, if not, I mean, if, if it's possible, let this cut pass for me stuff. I'm kind of butchering all that, but you know what I mean? Where was he? He was, he was on the Mount of Olives. David was climbing. David climbed the slope of the Mount of Olives, weeping as he ascended. I've just never made that connection. Continuing, then someone reported to David, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. Lord, David pleaded, please turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. When David came to the summit where he used to worship God, Hushai the archite was there to meet him with his robe torn and dust on his head. David said to him, if you go away with me, you'll be a burden to me. But if you return to the city and tell Absalom, I will be your servant, your majesty. Previously, I was your father's servant, but I'll now be your servant. Then you can counteract Ahithophel's counsel for me. Won't the priests Zadok and Abithar be there with you? Report everything you hear from the palace to the priests Zadok and Abithar. Take note, their two sons are there with them, Zadok's son Ahamaz and Abithar's son Jonathan. Send them to tell me everything you hear. So Hushai, David's personal advisor, entered Jerusalem just as Absalom was entering the city. 
When David had gone a little beyond the summit, Ziba, Mephibosheth's servant, was right there to meet him. He had paired he had a pair of saddled donkeys loaded with 200 loaves of bread, 100 clusters of raisins, 100 bunches of summer fruit, and a clay jar of wine. And the king said to Ziba, Why do you have these? Ziba answered, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride. The bread and the summer fruit are for the young men to eat. And the wine is for those to drink who become exhausted in the wilderness. Where is your master's grandson? The king asked. Why, he's staying in Jerusalem, Ziba replied to the king. For he said, Today the house of Israel will restore my grandfather's kingdom to me. And the king said to Ziba, All that belongs to Mephibosheth is now yours. I bow before you, Ziba said. May I find favor with you, my lord the king. When King David got to Baharim, a man belonging to the family of the house of Saul was just coming out. His name was Shimei, son of Gera, and he was yelling curses as he approached. He threw stones at David and at all the royal servants and the people and the warriors on David's right and left. And Shimei said as he, as he cursed, Get out, get out, you man of bloodshed, you wicked man. The Lord has paid you back for all the blood of the house of Saul in whose place you became king. And the Lord has handed the kingdom over to your son Absalom. Look, you are in trouble because you are a man of bloodshed. Then Abishai, son of Zeruiah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and remove his head. The king replied, Sons of Zeruiah, do we agree on anything? He curses this me this way because the Lord told him, Curse David. Therefore, who can say, Why did you do that? Then David said to Abishai and all his servants, Look, my own son, my own flesh and blood intends to take my life. How much more now this Benjamite? Leave him alone and let him curse me. The Lord has told him to do it. Perhaps the Lord will see my affliction and restore goodness to me instead of Shimei's curses today. So David and his men proceeded along the road as Shimei was going along the ridge of the hill opposite him. As Shimei went, he cursed David, threw stones at him, and kicked up dust. And finally the king and all the people with him arrived exhausted. So they rested there. And my friends, that gets us up to chapter 16, verse 14. And now we turn to our wisdom segment, Psalm 3, which is the first psalm with a title. And it names David as author and interestingly ties this to the occasion that we're just reading about. Understandably, it's a lament. A Psalm of David, Psalm 3, a Psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom. Lord, how my foes increase. There are many who attack me. Many say about me, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. Selah. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of thousands of people who have taken their stand against me on every side. Rise up, Lord. Save me, my God. You strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be on your people. Salah.
Lord, I'm just going to pray that today. I need you to save me, (laughs) probably just from myself. And Lord, I imagine someone here is going through some difficult time relationally or because of the season and just feeling down because of some discord in their lives. Lord, I just pray that you would be our sustenance. Lord, that you would be the lifter of our heads. By the power of your spirit, Lord, breathe life into us afresh today. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.